Welcome back, listener, to the episode 10 now. So we've done 10 of the things that drive us. Uh, today I'll be speaking to Paul Wicks, who's a photographer who I came across almost a decade ago now in his Master's Degree show. Um, Paul, for reasons that will hopefully become clear in the discussion you're about to hear, was one of the inspirations behind me starting this podcast. It took me a while to gear up the courage to ask him, and I'm very glad that he said yes and agreed to come on it. Um, His story is a very interesting one, and it's about the power that art can play in um, recovery. Um, I hope you enjoy it, and I will speak to you again at the end. He's not only a photographer, but he's a lecturer now at um, Mid-Kent, and we talk about how he got into photography, and as you'll hear, it's a very interesting story that touches on Issues like how art can help you in recovering from a serious life-changing event. I think it's very interesting, and I'm fairly sure you will too. Anyway, now let's hear from Paul Wicks. So hi, Paul. So how are you doing then at the moment? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, not too bad at all. So as you can see, busy, busy as ever. Yeah. So you teach at the Medway College at the moment, don't you? you teach for uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at um, Mid-Kent College. Mid-Kent. Uh, Mid Kent, yeah, I'm I'm based over at the 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 uh, Maidstone uh, campus, but I do flip between. There's two campuses that we have, but I'm predominantly here at the Maidstone campus normally. So yeah, yeah, teach photography over here. Have been uh, just over three years now. So all yeah, right, it was my three year anniversary a couple of days ago. Well, congratulations. And what sort of age of people do you teach then? Um, the vast majority of them are 16 uh, years old, so they come out of school uh, mm. and come over to us. Um, but we have all ages uh, joining. The, the vast majority are normally between around about 16 to uh, 19. Mm. Uh, we've had 20-year-olds. We've even had the odd um, sort of like more mature student like myself that are you know, in their 30s, 40s, and even 50s sometimes. So, you know, but the vast majority are youngsters. Yeah. Because, I mean, that sort of chimes with how I first came across you, which was, I think, in your master's degree show mm-hmm. quite a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, because um, I used to go to degree shows quite a lot in London because I really like them. And I remember going to yours and your photos just hit me straight in the face. Thank you. Yeah, because um, you sort of just been recovering from encephalitis. Was that what it was? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I suppose really without it, despite it being a major um, change in my life, without it, I wouldn't be the the, the creative uh, mm. I am, uh, today, really. Um, I um, was in a uh, quite a bad way for a number of years. Um, mm. uh, Encephalitis is brain swelling. Um, mm. uh, I was I come out of the, the coma, you know, a completely different person, um, mm. a different uh, personality, etc. Um, and it took a very long time, uh, in fact, almost a decade uh, to recover. Mm. And during that recovery period, um, a friend, um, I was getting, obviously, you can imagine, quite, quite uh, and, mm. and frustrated. Um, and we had quite a large garden and he lent me a camera and mm. said, keep yourself occupied in, in the uh, in the garden and stuff like that. So I'd, um, I'd do that. Mm. Um, I don't know. I was once I was once told by a doctor, and I think this is the somebody has, people have said to me this is the defining factor for me. But yeah. I was once told by a doctor during that recovery that I'd never work again. Mm. And rather than walking away going, oh, I'm doomed, um, yeah. I kind of walked away going, I'm going to prove you wrong, mate. <laughs> and um, I don't know where it came from, but yeah. It just, it just happened. Um, and so, you know, I started to get a little bit better and better at photography, but never had any confidence whatsoever. Mm. 
Um, but then I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the risk and go to a, an adult education um, course. And I did an A-level and moved on and on uh, through the ranks from there, always trying to find a better way of, of, of photographing things and, yeah. and doing things and creating things. And that's how I eventually got to that, that degree course with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, what was striking to me, and uh, it's always interesting, I think, people's reactions to art, because you you interpret not only what the person sees but you project yes what what you feel onto it as well i mean because you had photos of yourself i remember there was one of you in a hospital gown yes that's right yeah yeah and and they were just for me anyway they were a description of pain and suffering and recovery yes but they all seemed incredibly hopeful yes somehow. very much so yeah yeah um, I suppose really that's the, um, I've done some, it makes me sound brilliant and I'm not, but I've done some work with the Encephalitis Society who I have to know, you know, no, I wouldn't be doing what I would be doing without them. Mm. And I've been to a lot of their, their events and stuff, both as a, a guest and as working for, to photograph in it. And there are a lot of people that are a lot, lot worse off than I mm. am, um, that didn't get the same recovery. Um, but seeing, um, I always want to kind of like portray that there is hope uh, regardless yeah. of, of what's happened. Um, and I like to, you know, wave the positive banner that if this happened to me and I can get to this position, mm. then you certainly can. Um, and so that's why I always try and um, bring up that that level of negativity, but at the same time, you know, um, a, a way out. There's always yeah. a possibility for recovery, uh, regardless uh, of what it might be. And that's kind of like what I try and put into my... Uh, my work also I think that and I was thinking about this before um, I came on but I think I grew up in the 70s mm -hmm. uh, in London uh, and I had a very tight-knit community but yeah. we were brought up on a, a different time it was very much uh, um, for the younger viewers they will understand but things like carry-on movies and yeah. the, the naughty postcards from the seaside and stuff like that and so I do have a lot of difficulty not bringing an element of that at some point into my work, whether it makes someone smile or makes someone laugh. Um, but there's always that history, that past history that tries to yep. to, to get into to my work, to, to give that cheeky smile. Well, I think it's one of the things that attracted me to your work, to be honest, because I like seeing humour, particularly slightly subversive humour in art. I think um, the art establishment can be a bit sniffy about it. Very much so, yeah. 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 But I think it can do a very powerful and positive thing and it can carry a lot of personality and you get you get quite um, a sense of, I mean, maybe it's because you actually appear in your photos, but you get a real sense of the person behind the camera. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. the only reason that I'm ever in the photos is that I could never afford a model. That is the only <laughs> Um, and some of the stuff that have been in my images, I would never ask anyone to do. Um, yeah. like stand in the middle of a field uh, in a hospital gown yeah. um, in the middle of December, um, yeah. you know, which was as a self-portrait. That was fun, mm. uh, you know, especially out in the fields and that sort of thing. Um, but um, yeah, that's the only reason. It's never been like you know, uh, it, it's been my story, but I wanted it to be others' uh, story as well, and it represents other people's story, regardless of whether you went through the same conditions that i did um hopefully there's some sort of connection to the context um and so that's the reason i'm in the most of the time um 
you know so that's kind of like brings that into perspective but also I, I'm a I'm a late worker so I, I have these crazy ideas in the middle of the night and go I must make this and and, <laughs> uh, and, and so it's kind of like you know as you say trying to subvert that bit but also marry up the 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 university education that I've received and that I yes. teach um alongside the the real me um, mm. sometimes the two don't mesh after yeah yeah so what do you how because that's always quite interesting to me as well what do you do when they don't mesh do you sort of try and get them to mess or do you just go okay well here um, I need to be this person and here I can be this but and then later yeah. on I can be me to me it's yeah I think it's rapport building so you yeah. try and build that rapport wherever you are um and, and or whoever you're with but there's oh. always a, a an absolute um limit that i can reach and i know that limit um i remember and speaking to one of our, our advanced lecturers once and we were chatting in the corridor once and he was he was discussing the fact that the the the, the representation of the word zombie was now beginning to um instigate itself in um the way that people present uh there are and he talked to me for 20 minutes and 20 minutes later i didn't have a Blue waist on them, you know, and but I, mm, mm, mm. but equally, his his opinion I totally respect. So yeah. I'm like, mm, 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 mm. so you know, it's always I know my limits if that makes sense. So I, I try to uh, you know be honest because um, I think people appreciate you going. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Explain, yeah. and you know, yeah. and asking silly questions is how you get the best answers. I think. Well, that's true, and I think, I mean, I've. <laughs> I've only just start, I've started teaching very young kids art on Sundays. Right. Um, and they do seem to respond very well if you sort of, I mean, yeah, you're coming from a, a, pin, a position of knowledge and helpful, but also if you depict yourself as being on the journey with them. Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, the, the teaching side of it has been a real um, life changer for me on, on many levels. Um getting rid of those preconceived ideas of, of who and what teenagers are for starters yeah. um, has been, you know, eye opening in a very positive way. Um, um, I don't know about you, but I'm beginning to find that being both, cause I'm, I still attend sort of art lessons in various forms, being both a student, but also teaching art as well. It's a real driver for a sort of creative process, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've learned as much uh, from the students here than the other way around, to be completely mm. honest. I think that's, in my opinion, um, you know, that's the best way to be, because if you're open to, to new lessons and new discoveries, then, you you know, you might well take a step forward that you weren't expecting. Um, yeah. You know, in that respect. But, yeah, I mean, it does. It also gives you, I think, a different insight. I mean, I, I've learned more about, dare I say it, personal struggles that I mm. wasn't aware of um, that has now fed into my actual storytelling yeah. or my planning of storytelling um, through other people. And so I had run out of ideas. You know, I'd, I'd kind of like gotten to that stage where, well, I've told my story in this format. I've told my story in that format. And, yeah. Mm, okay. And I jokingly said to one of my, my, I think my peers once, you know, I need to get ill again just to have another story to tell. Um, but now I'm, I've opened myself up to all these different worlds. Um, yeah. And yeah, and, and I think that's fed into the creativity. So I think I think it's a good position to be in when you're teaching. Brilliant. Love it. Mm. I mean, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because it's such a, 
defining moment in your life that illness and the recovery from it yeah um i mean how could it not be yeah totally um and so it's interesting question to me is how how do you then when you're creatively how do you move beyond that how do you move on to something else yeah i mean how, how have you found that um tricky because mm. um you know it's the old um i don't know the cliche you know not all disabilities are are obvious and and <laughs> i do feel uh, i don't tend to admit it too often but i do still struggle with planning problems uh, memory issues and stuff like that so i've got a lot of backup mm. uh, in and and ways that i've i've learned around that um but oh, the lights have gone out in here um but um it's a case really of um developing strategies that you've got to become open to something new whilst mm. also relying on um routine does that make if that makes sense so it's yeah yeah it's the stability of routine but being open to something they're going oh hang on um what does this mean and being quizzical um and that's yeah. how I kind of like work my way around a lot of the issues that come towards me both creativity creatively but also you know in life uh, mm. and so it's kind of I suppose it's a step-by-step process uh, for me. And then all of a sudden, something will hit me. And, I, you know, recently, and I've been sitting there wondering, why are there just one shoe hanging on a um, or hanging on a, a telephone wire? Where's the mm. other shoe? Well, how did it get there? And um, and those wonderings have led me on to an entire concept for a project. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where I go. I just let myself go from that direction. And that's, where, that's what happens. Yeah. So you're moving sort of slightly internally to externally that sounds yeah, like a bit yeah so, yeah I, I'm, I'm like a mind map that doesn't really have a, a <laughs> it just keeps on running down tracks going what's down here um, yeah it's quite difficult to contain it at times i think that's the trouble mm. so i mean would you have considered yourself a creative person before you got encephalitis uh, no not well as a child i used to do a lot of writing Mm. Uh, I used to do, um, uh, I used to live, I was very fortunate that I lived right in between the old Vic and the young Vic. Uh, yeah. And um, at the end of my road was a, a drama club, which whenever they needed uh, children, um, they would come to a drama club. So I was really, really fortunate for the the, the upbringing that I had then. Um, mm. I was very much brought into uh, writing scripts for sketches and shows and, and adapting mm. plays, even at a very young age. So it was very much imagination, but I couldn't create uh, physically um, Mm. with words Um, and then of course as I I grew up I discovered that there were um, you know um, members of the opposite gender uh, and there was an income to be made and and all of this sort of thing so I think and and so it all fell by the wayside and then it wasn't until the encephalitis came along that I was creative but not in the way I'd ever done before yeah 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 so how did you I mean was there a point when you were doing the photography where it ceased to be as it sounds like it was a sort of method of helping you recover to be to becoming something actually that i'm I'm going to do this yeah. this is going to be my life did that happen at some point or was it, it a gradual no it did actually um i, I went to uni as a as a, an old man hmm. uh, at the ripe old age of 40 uh to study a ba and it was i went into uni hoping to come out becoming a better photographer uh hmm. wedding career-wise um, and it was during that time that where the, uh, the the lecturers prodded me and poked me to start looking at myself more. And we did a particular unit on uh, the self. And that's when the first time that I, I investigated telling my story, I'd always mm. kept it under wraps. I'd always never wanted anyone to know about it. I just wanted to be taken on my own 
yeah. uh, my own words. And um, and it was that um, that project that lit up not myself really, but it was just a story, but everybody else. And they were like, you know, this is really good. This is really amazing. Mm. Um, and so I was pushed to proceed in that direction, uh, to keep pushing into telling the story about my illness. And I came out the other end. I went in becoming wanting to be a, a wedding photographer um, and came out being a narrative art photographer. Yeah, was, That was that moment that when I got that praise and I got outside um, knowledge acknowledgement from that, that I thought, Am I okay at this? Am I? Am I yeah, okay? yeah. Um, and it was at that point that I thought to myself, I might be, um, mm. you know, and and that was the moment I think, right, that's the direction I'm going to go into, and and that's when it changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how did you find the struggle of sort of? I mean, was it a struggle making it into a career after you finished the? Um... Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I had a lot of support from the the Encephalite Society. They were absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I entered into a competition and, and um, came up uh, very close to that and ended up exhibiting at the Saatchi, which was brilliant for the CV. Yeah. Um, and so that was just amazing. Um, so that helped a lot for, as you know, that prestige part. Even if you're yeah. exhibiting in the toilet, it doesn't matter. You, that goes on the CV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that helped a lot. Um, then, you know, I was speaking to uh, friends that were teachers and they were like, you know, you've got really, if you want to be taken seriously as a lecturer or something like that, you want to get a master's. And so that was the journey that I went on. Mm. I didn't plan on being a teacher. Um, it, it was never the in the, um, the, 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 the remit for me, to be honest. It, what happened was, was that the lecturers would deliver a, 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 a seminar. I would interpret yeah. and then the younger students would go, what does that mean? And I would go, well, to me, it means da da da. And the, the tutors noticed this, and then so I started capitalising on it. Um, and it was one particular day where I was out with some of the students. I'd taken them on one of my my paid gigs, and um, I'd encouraged them to go up, and and it was a music gig, and you know, I'd taken my shots, come away, said, right, do this, try this, do that, and seeing that pride on their face, um, mm. coming back with something, and even in fact, one of the the students that was with me got a picture I would never have managed to take. Never yeah, yeah. Years because of her demeanor and she was very small and cute and that and this pianist just bowed down to her and gave a little wink and carried on playing yeah. i would never have gotten that shot yeah um and the pride that i got seeing them do that that's yeah. when i realized hang on a minute maybe it's teaching i want to get into and that's when it took that last curveball to where i am now so yeah 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 so was your current position the first teaching job you got or did you yeah yeah i mean i i taught at um the university of creative arts uh, as a, se a seminal lecture lecturer going in and out every now and again for mostly practical stuff um i suppose i'm well known for the narrative but i also had a lot of success with um cyanotypes and the mm. other ways of cyanotypes and that sort of thing and so I went in and did some uh, lecturing and discussions on that. So that helped me to start gaining that experience. Yeah. And then it was just pure chance that I was studying for my uh, teaching uh, degree. And I got uh, offered a work experience here at Midcare. Mm. And just after I got the the work experience, a position came up. Yeah, um, nice. So, so, yeah, pure fluke, utterly, utterly fluke. I uh, applied for it and was lucky to to get the job. But, yeah, this is my very first proper full-time job. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's been interesting. What's cyanotype, by the way? I don't think I know that. Uh, it's, hang on a moment. I can show you that. It's yeah. a mixture of two chemicals that are light-sensitive. 
Yeah. So what happens is, is that um, there you go. There's one off the wall. That's one of mine. Yeah. Uh, and so the idea being is that this the white is blocked out, and the UV mm. hits this and turns blue. Oh, I um, see. Um, a lot of use for blueprints many many moons ago. Um, yeah. You know, sort of literal blueprints. That's why they were called blueprints because they're blue. Um, and so that's one of the things that I was able to um, have a, a a big bit of. Um, that's the thing that made me famous um but got me known uh in the in the bigger wells down in london for a while um and, and sold quite well actually so it was, that was the first time i went you can make money from this yeah you know and um it hasn't happened since i hasten to add but um yeah that was the, the big success for me that spurned me forward but um i mean it is quite an intoxicating thing to see one of your pupils no matter really how old they are produce something a, you could never do. B, you slightly suspect is better than you could ever do. Um, I tell you what I found very rewarding. There was this young girl, and she was struggling with drawing and painting. And then over the weeks, you sort of suddenly saw it somehow click. Yep. And she got it. Yeah. And then she suddenly became really good. That was really satisfying to see. I yeah. mean, is that something you've experienced? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I... I'm quite emotional, and so yeah. it, it worked out that um, I think I think in the first year actually some of the students made some amazing work, and I, I got quite teary, yeah, and because um, I was so proud of them. Yeah, and what happened was that they clocked. Hang on a minute, if we do really good work, we can make him cry. <laughs> <laughs> so of course it was then their mission um, to try to make me cry uh, the rest of the year, and that's something that's gone on and on. Um, throughout the years as it's, it's, as it's com compared on. But, you know, I mean, my most recent example was uh, one of my students went out this week uh, to replic replicate um, some photo uh, photographs in the 1980s where um, Julian Wearing, where there's a, a members of the public hold up a sign of their inner feelings. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and he went to London um, to photograph um, that. And, you know, you think to yourself, gosh, be okay, be safe. And he sent me messages um, via our official chat system on Sunday. And I was just blown away. You know, he, I'll be honest, I even used expletives. I was so proud mm. uh, that he'd, he'd absolutely cracked it. He'd, he'd gone over the photography part of it really well, but he'd also overcome talking to strangers mm. uh, and gaining the confidence to do that. And also building that rapport with strangers on a on a large level and the 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 the, the skill that that's needed is, is unbelievable and so you know and that just that does happen on quite a regular basis it's the one reason you do it to be fair it's certainly yeah. wages um and it's not the holiday because we don't get the holiday that everyone thinks um yeah, yeah. these guys succeed that that's what it's about that's true yeah. um so i mean do you still um commercially uh yeah photograph yeah. Um, and yeah, exhibit and things yeah um not so much exhibit i'm working on some projects at the moment but they're that i'll be honest the, the problem is the teaching it takes up an awful lot of your time yeah not just the 8 30 till 5 it's the the evenings planning um and of course with the issues that i have not that you would never know it in the classroom but it takes me a lot longer yeah uh, purely for the fact that you know i have to be really certain of what i'm doing and everything's bang on um, I can answer questions till the cows come home, um, but if it's not 
prompted in some form or another planned, I might miss a step or, or do something like that. So that's why it's really important for me to cover mm. my, myself in that respect. Um, but yeah, I'm still, still working. I'm still working commercially as well. I, I still do, uh, you know, um, I've recently done a few weddings. I've done some art stuff for people, um, you know. So yeah, and as I say, I've got a couple of big stuff on, on, in the pipeline. Uh, and I'm also trying to get instigated an application to the art fund for a, the, um, a, a big a big project, which I think is quite unique, but whether it's going to happen or not, who knows, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, but that's hopefully going to be a touring piece. Um, so mm. that'd be quite interesting. It's quite, you like to think it's unique, probably everyone else has done it before, but that's what I'm hoping anyway. Well, I don't think it necessarily matters if other people have done it before, because I think um, everyone brings different things to it. And part of the creative process is finding your own way into what totally. on the surface might be seen as, you know, yeah, well trodden path. It's the it's the, the the sizing up of something I did at university, which is all uh, which is a a series of photographs amongst a sculpture uh, that is constantly replicating itself um, in front of the viewer um, mm. on a very large scale. And of course, the beauty of it is hopefully the context can be anything that's local. Um, yeah. So take it to a you know that area. You could photograph the local issues or local context, whether they be negative or positive, and then you can use this device that I'm, I'm planning on displaying it in quite a new way. So um, that's the plan. Um, but I know it sounds a bit crazy like that. I, no, I, no, no. I haven't planned on speaking about it. So, um, but yeah, that's <laughs> the whole thing. You know. So we'll but it, it's always interesting, isn't? It? I think. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm never entirely sure where my ideas come from. No. No. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I think I stumble on more than anything. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I consider myself a very large part of myself idiot. Um, mm. but I think that's where a lot of my, sometimes my best stuff begins. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I've had some ideas in the past, um, you know, which I've done in the hope of upsetting the art world. Um, you know, and saying, right, they're going to hate this, I'm going to create it. But then discussing it with my peers, they're going, yeah, but in doing so, they'll love it. And I'm like, oh. um, so it's, you know, but I must admit, I don't feel I fit into the, the stereotypical art world. And mm. so I do like to, you know, stick my nose up at every now and again when I can. But who knows? Who knows? You know, one day I might be successful. And can you do the thing of having an idea and sort of const constructing it um in a sort of planned way or is it more intuitive the way they come to you um the ideas tend, tend to come out of nowhere um mm. you know I, I might sort of like you know go for a walk um my, I, I stare out my, my bedroom window quite a lot and it's the same mm. I'm three floors up on the we've got a three floor house and um we're quite high up and just staring outside of the clouds sometimes and something may come to me um or i will see something in the street that instigates a thought or an idea mm. and, um, yeah, or something will happen to me that I'll either be overjoyed with or, or angered about um, yeah. and then want to discuss it in one way or another um, so that's kind of like where the vast majority of my ideas come from but then other times I'm very uh, influenced by like you know cinematic influences as well so yeah, yeah. narrative stories or sequential stories that start at a start point I think there's a uh, a, a failed filmmaker in me somewhere um, that wants to tell a, a comic book type story uh, of something. And that's where a lot of the ideas come from, I think. That's where Spike Lee started, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so um, who knows? There's hope for me yet. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So just going back onto something you said earlier when you were saying your tutors encouraged you to look at yourself. Yes. And that was sort of your breakthrough moment. Yeah. Was that something you found difficult to do? Do you still find it difficult to do? Very much so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, to be honest, there were there was two breakthrough moments, but one of them I didn't realise at the time, which no. I, I always promised that I would I would mention if I ever got famous and said anywhere. But um, when I was doing the A level, my my um, my tutor John Christian, I finished, and um, I still didn't have any confidence. And he said to me, um, "These images, something will happen with them one day. Don't get rid of them." And I was like, "Okay," you know, not having any faith. Mm. It was about five or six years later that they were actually the images that won me the the, the prize to get into the Saatchi. So All right. looking back now, uh, and I've become friends with him, but it's it's something that I didn't know at the time, but looking back now, that did give me the confidence to continue to mm. have a little bit of confidence in myself. Um, then with the, the universe and these other things, um, you know, it was more of a case really of you jump over their hoops but then you start building confidence with every little success. Yeah. Um, but it's it's something that I tend to, I I I, I suppose ego is something I put on and I wear mm. it and I pretend to be a great photographer and a great storyteller. Um, but I will get home and I will take it off and I'll, I will shake with nerves because there's that duality. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, of have I done it right? Is it okay? Will people like it? Will it tell the story? Um, and so. There's always that bouncing back and forth with any project that I think conceive yeah. of right from the very beginning, even to what is out there in the public domain. And I don't think that will ever change. Um, mm. and there's always going to be that. Um, I'm great. I'm not great. I'm great. I'm rubbish. Um, duality that I'm going to have. And I think a lot of artists do. Uh, you know, I think it's a it's maybe it's an inbuilt flaw, but I think that's something that we do. We all suffer from. I think that's totally true. Um, you go. And you go through sort of peaks and troughs of confidence, don't you? You go, you suddenly think someone compliments you something, you go, yeah, I could do this, I could do this. And then you go around, let's say, a group show that you're in, and you go, oh, hang on, everyone's much better than me. Um, totally, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, but then it, you, the, the road will take you back up again as well. Very much, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, in the quiet, in the quiet hours, the confidence is very low. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it's a, it's like a, I suppose, waves for me. During the initial beginning of a project, I'm very excited. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, I suppose it's a bit like a pinball. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, 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 doing, 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 and you move down the process. And then when it starts to, you know, point where I'm testing it, I'll still have, yeah, this is, this is okay, this is good. And then when it actually comes to the final creation, that's yeah. when I start getting the wobble um you know because obviously unlike painting the preparation for us is the work it's always yeah. the hours and the weeks and months before the, the photo is taken and it's once that take that that image is created that you go uh, and that's where the fear comes in yeah what about afterwards i mean how do you feel about your work after you've created it they're my babies no two ways about it yeah. I've learned now that, um, you know, uh, for, for most of the stuff that I've created, that people will always put their own interpretation onto it. Yeah. Purely for the fact that they've got their own um, their own experiences. Mm-hmm. And your image might trigger something completely different in some way. Yeah, yeah. I think with photography, because there's that essence of the real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, people can sometimes 
attribute feelings to it a little bit quicker. Um, yeah. It might have to, you know, in with a sculpture or a painting or something like that. And um, but yeah, it's it's something it becomes other people's uh, at that point. I think once you once you put it out there, um, you know. And I, I've learned now to when people are going, oh well, I think it means this. I mean, they'll go because <laughs> that's what it means to them. And that's yeah, yeah. So do you find it quite difficult to let go of them then? I do to begin with. Yeah, yeah. I do. Very much so. Um, you know, there, there's that misconception that you know photography is you know over in a flash. Uh, the decisive yeah. moment is very quick. But for a lot of stuff that you know we've done, um, you know, it's uh, you know university and, and continue to do now with the students. There's an awful lot of planning, preparation, setup, and stuff before it. The, the stuff that I do, they're not just. I don't take them. I make them. Is it, mm. right, the better way of putting it. Um, yeah. So it's. By that point where it's actually put out, you're exhausted. Yeah. You hold on to it, but you know that's not what's supposed to happen. Well, so particularly with um, your sort of master's degree sort of type work and, and, and in other words, your early work, it's so intensely personal, right? Very much so. Very, um, very. And it must be tied up with, this isn't just a photograph, this is how I was able to recover, or am I reading too much into that? No, no you're absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah, absolutely right. Um, you know, I went into the, the degrees with very little confidence and also, you know, not a lot of confidence in my skills, really. Mm. So when I, I've started to believe a little bit more and believe okay. a little bit more. Um, you know, um, but of course, you've then got that, again, that duality of starting to believe yourself and being a little bit more confident, but then opening your soul up mm -hmm. uh, to the entire world um, and then becoming vulnerable. Uh, yeah. so very double-edged sword because I, I i learned luckily after the first type of project on based on that that it helps a lot of people yeah and yeah so, you know that's when it actually made a difference for me and i went well it's not just my story um it might represent somebody else's and so it was always about encephalitis for me it was always about the things that i i, I went through uh the last supper that i recreated for university you know many different versions of me um <clears throat> excuse me but they were actually based on incidents that happened to me during mm. or after um the initial um the collapse um you know but people see it in different ways um, yeah yeah in it and so but that's fine now to be completely honest i'm totally i'm totally fine with that uh because it will always have that meaning to me um, yeah so it's well the, there's a sort of certain universal element to that message but you're right you can i think those images anyone who's struggling with anything really can look at them and go okay there's the path there's the path out yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. The, um, you know, whether it be, you know, emotional stress, whether it be, yeah. you know, um, you know, sort of like physical, um, you know, I like to think that, well, photography in many senses, as well as the support that I got from my loved one saved my life. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. And so it, it gave me um, a purpose to go, there is something in the world that I'm okay at. There mm. are a lot of things that I can't do. And all yeah. um, and I have learned to accept it now. Um, but there was one thing in this world that I was still, you know, okay at. Um, people say good, but I say okay at. Um, and and just knowing that fact, just knowing that that the fact that you know there is something you've got valid validity, you've got worth. Yeah, it changed my life, and so it, it's, it's my utter hope that I can yeah. 
people. I know it's cliche, but if I can get that to one other person. Yeah. No, well, I, I, I think you probably already have. Um, and did, did, um, yeah. so I'm picking up, you're quite resistant to being told you're good at what you do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Why do you think that is? Um, I think before being yeah. this, I was a very confident, egotistical person, if I'm right. honest. And there are elements of my life that I do remember, and there are elements of my life that I don't. Mm. And I don't appreciate remembering the the nasty parts of me that was beforehand. Oh, I see. Not horrible like that, but yeah. um, you know, um, I, I, yeah, yeah. That, I suppose that's it, really. So I always try and keep the ego in check. I can put it on, and mm. I can when needed, and go la 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 la. Look at me, I'm great. But now I don't necessarily believe it. It's just something that I portray. When oh, I see. And does that sort of desire to shed those parts of your old personality you don't like anymore, does that creep into your work at all, do you think? Um, I think it does sometimes. Yeah. Uh, although I think there are still parts of my, my stuff that are unresolved. So yeah, well, now they, they tend to go stay around at the back. Um, I'm more than happy to discuss it and talk about it, but there are still parts that I don't think I've really, even after, I mean, it's been it's 2002, I think. Uh, so it's been a while, but there are still parts of it that I still haven't really, um, you know, dealt with and reconciled, um, you know, because either I'm not strong enough or I don't feel I'm strong enough, but equally they don't take precedent over what's going on at the moment. Well, that's true, isn't it? I mean, I think that's the nature of human existence. You can't reconcile everything. No. We're not Buddhist monks sitting in a retreat doing nothing else. You know, life yeah. life happens as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of it, I think a lot of the, the it sound like I'm some sort of like mafiosi or something, but <laughs> a, lot of the, a lot of my past transgressions, I try now to put right in my actions with my students and yeah. uh, the people that I can interact with on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. So, you know, if there ever, ever was a heaven, hopefully I'm redressing that balance a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, how did your sort of, how did your family react to you becoming this creative photographer? Um, I don't think they really understood it. My, my other half, um, Katie, she's been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, she's been the driving force that um, actually said to me, why can't you do this? Um, yeah. You know, and I was like, what do you mean? You know, no, there's every reason why you should do it. Um, and her her father is an artist himself who's fantastic and he's been incredibly supportive. Mum is your um, stereotypical, she's in her 70s, bless her, stereotypical mm. Londoner, um, you know, um, work, working class. And so doesn't really get the whole yep. making money from uh, making pictures. Um, but equally, um, you know, now I've got to the stage where I am at the moment. I think that the pride has finally um, yeah, yeah. come in uh, because I've got a, a proper job. <laughs> <laughs> um you know but yeah it was a bit of a but katie and her dad have been an absolute uh godsend uh, yeah I, I wouldn't have been able to achieve what i did without them so i've been very lucky in that respect it's true i mean i think it's uh, whenever i i don't think i've ever met any creative person who's managed to do what they've done without a f someone in their life who pushes them and drives them in a way or or at least gives them the confidence that they're you're going in the right way you know so, yeah very much so you yeah. know 
she says to me, but why are you showing me this image? Because I, I don't understand art. I don't get it. But she's got a far better eye than I ever have. Um, mm. and, and even though she's, you know, she doesn't get it, I really value her opinion because she does. Um, you know, and her dad will be brutally honest with me as well in a good way. Um, yeah. You know, and we could discuss things to the, we can discuss everything from art to printers to iPads uh, for hours. Mm. Um, I'm very lucky that he's taken over the, the role of my uh, dad who, who passed away many moons ago. So I've been really lucky on that respect. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I think uh, with me, anyone that's been created, there's always been that, that either the person holding the back going, no, 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 no. Or there's that person going, yes, 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 yes. There's always yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I mean, sometimes you also need the person saying no, 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 because you've got to, you need a force to push against, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, I've met so many people that I've loved their work, but I'll be honest, because of my background, I've gone, ooh, that's very pretentious of you to say that, or the, the stereotypical stuff that we see yeah. in the art world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always made me want to push back and go, what about art for everyone? Um, yeah. Uh, not just for that person who's got millions or thousands let's make something for that person that hasn't got any money or has only got a tenner um you know or it, it appeals to that person because of their story or their history um you know and that's that's where i kind of like want to sit really so when you i mean when particularly your sort of narrative photography who do you who are you producing it for do you have someone in mind or is it it's just or is it just the idea and that's it? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, actually. It's something I've never really thought about. Um, during the, the the early days, it was about mm-hmm. just telling my story. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, I suppose really being prompted by outside stimuli, whether it be yep. lectures, whether it be a particular purpose, uh, or wanting to get some sort of frustration out. Mm-hmm. Say, I can't say this, but this is how I feel. Um, yeah. The early days. Um, but when I started actually thinking to myself, right, okay, I've got to start building up work to make an income, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as well as just telling a story. I, I investigated and, and, and looked at other artists and trying to find new ways of doing things and and looking at the particular areas that I could apply myself to. And that was the one area that for on one occasion, I was really successful at, and I created a whole range of these, uh, the blueprints, the cyanotypes of, of MRIs from people from all over the world that had suffered from uh, brain injuries. Yeah, and um, was able to create a whole collection of them. And I had a particular audience in mind, and that audience I was able to get to the show, and that audience bought them all. Um, and so it proved it proved to me, oh, there is something to be said by doing it for yourself. Yeah, and aiming at a target audience, but more, I'd much rather do it for myself. It's easier to do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it sort of becomes more intuitive. Um, whereas you're producing something for somebody else, you do have to have a very set idea of who they are and what you're doing it for and yeah. where right. it's going. I think it's very much your, I don't know, railway tracks is a good way of putting it, you know. Yeah. You're, you know the destination. You, you've got you're confined with what you've got to do. You can't often deviate unless you know that client very well. Um, mm. Stuff for someone else. Whereas, as I said earlier on with the mind map, you know I might be going down a particular road and go no, completely <laughs> left. And but that's that organic approach that I like to my work. Um, you know mm. the, the, the uh, show that you saw with the the, um, the the coma. What I remember about forgetting that actually started out life as a, a set of sculptures. Um, mm. 
and um, it wasn't happening. Um, I was going to create the sculptures and then photograph the sculptures. And then I went, why am I doing this? You know, I'm yeah. really rubbish at sculpting. Um, you know, it was it was okay, but it wasn't great. And so I just went off on one and, and that's how that happened. So, you know, that's what I like about it, my process anyway. Mm. Do you think there was an initial reluctance about being in front of the camera yourself that you needed to overcome? Oh, yeah, very much yeah. so. I hate yeah. seeing it. Anyway, despite the fact that the vast majority of images have got me in them, yeah, I absolutely hate being in the picture. Um, <laughs> at, the, at the time where I was having to create vast majority of those, mm. uh, I was either unemployed, um, on disability benefit or, or whatever. So, you know, yeah. no hope of, of, of employing a model. But also, it's quite hard to, you know, search for subjects that or models that fit the criteria that have actually got that that story to tell on their face. Yeah, yeah, it has to be you, really, doesn't it? It, it did have to. That, that that was where I got to the conclusion in the end. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's one particular one, the boxer, where it's um like myself sitting on a a doorstep, beaten up after going shopping. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And um, you know, that was taken at six in the morning, about twenty minutes before flying out on holiday. Um, but it, it it came, and I was like, right, I've got to do it. And the other argument was like, what are you doing? I'm like, no, don't stop me now. <laughs> but, the, the muse yeah. has arrived. Yeah. That, everything just came together in that moment and that was one of the rare occasions that 30 minutes of preparation one take dump um, yeah so yeah just pure luck really but yeah so that's you know that's why i'm in most of them it's, it's not really yes it's my story and i'd love to find you know get brad pitt maybe because we're very similar looking yeah yeah, yeah i can um, see that yeah, yeah that's so, <laughs> brad if you're looking i apologize um but um you know but no it's it's just it's just that's what the way it works out really yeah 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 um it's it's interesting though isn't it how sometimes things come quickly and and somehow almost easily and you're like boom and it's there and sometimes you can slave for days weeks months and the result is just all right yeah exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. i mean one of the biggest lessons i learned and this was going back quite some time um and i'd done all this narrative stuff and you know as you say takes months and months of planning finding costumes finding locations sourcing out all the right equipment the lighting that you know you don't need um you know power for etc etc and you know you'd go through all of this i'd sketch them all out and you know get it all in my mind and then i'd you know get it all lined up and get it all working and i would spend ages on it and um i then approached a, a gallery in london with my portfolio and um you know and they they looked at it and it was all done online they were like we really love some of your work i was like great we want to represent you so i was like great okay brilliant which ones do you want and they were well we're most interested in um this dirty rotten life and of course i wasn't speaking to them at life at the time and i went oh because basically that that series of images are me wandering around the streets finding um pieces of um white, white goods and this mm. particular one was a white good and it looked like it was waiting at a bus stop no oh, right and i walked past it and went oh that's good took a photograph seconds of work that's all it was and the ones they really wanted were the ones that i hadn't put all the effort into um so i was like "Hmm, no kind of (laughs) i I got all pretentious myself that time and i went nope not having it uh but that that taught me that you know that it as you say it can be months it could be seconds and on that particular the ones for seconds the way i sell it to myself and i think this is true is the one that you spend months of work on. They give you the tools and the confidence and the technique to get the ones that take seconds. Yeah, true. That's a very yeah. good 
advice, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take that one for you. Definitely- yeah. No. No. Fine. Use it. Use yeah. It. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so. What you got coming up? You got anything coming up? Interesting coming up soon or next? Or um, I've got a few projects in the pipeline, as I say. I've got this one. Hopefully, that if it, it's my. If I can pull this one off, off of the, uh, put it off. It will probably be my last one because I would yeah. have pulled my hair and and it would be my 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 big saving grace. But there, there's this um, like you know sculpture type photography project that I'm in the in the pipeline of doing at the moment. Mm. Uh, also got some new narrative stuff, but that is involving actually getting characters and a load of props um, and then traveling around various areas late at night. Um, but that should be uh, much more of me. Uh, that'll be like an entertaining um, mm. looking. Um, the mysteries of the world, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. With that 1970s, 70s comical view, um, <laughs> that's in the uh, the pipeline. Um, and then I'm also working on some. Um, uh, it's kind of like playing with conventions of um, danger and yeah. doing a, a whole range of like silhouetted um, murderers, but swapping out the the, um, the the instruments of murder with um, everyday items, just for oh, with- nice. Um, just for fun, just for fun. But, um, you know, and I've got to be careful what I say because some of them are quite rude. Um, but it's trying to make people initially go, <gasps> and then go, ah, it's that, just just that bit of fun. Yeah, that sounds really good, actually. Yeah. Look forward to that. that. That one probably never happened, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying nonetheless. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Thank you for having me. So that was Paul Wicks, and I think he has some very interesting and insightful things to say about the power of his, in his case, photography to help him recover from his encephalitis. And I think art can certainly play that role in helping you to recover to a ma- for a major life event. I find his photography very hopeful in tone. It sort of gives me inspiration that no matter what you're going through, there is a route out. And, and art for me and photography for Paul has certainly been one of those routes. But it's also, I think, and this is something that a lot of people go through, but probably not in such a dramatic and life-changing fashion as Paul, that life events can cause you to reassess actually what it is you want to do, what it is that's really of value of you, for you rather. And Paul's case is a very prime example of that. And I find it quite a hopeful, um, optimistic story. Now, if you're interested in seeing more of Paul's work, I'll put up a link to his website in the description of this podcast. I'll also put a link up to the Encarphalitis Society he um, refers to and a couple of other pages um, and a link to my website if you want to find out more about me. I'm going to be trying in the next few weeks some solo episodes, which I hope will be of interest to you, but there will be more discussions and interviews with um, other people coming up in the future. And if you've enjoyed this podcast and you perhaps might like to be a guest, then please get in touch with me. Anyway, that's all from the things that drive us. I will speak to you again next time.